0: In our final shir regarding the preparations for Shabbos, we want to discuss the issue of bathing, personal grooming, and the requirement to prepare and wear uh, nice and honorable and dignified clothing on Shabbos. So let's begin with the issue of bathing and personal grooming. The Gemara in Shabbos on Davchav Hei Bet tells us that Kach Hayim in Hagol that he had a practice, Erev Shabbos, Mevimlo, Areva, Mele, Chamin, They would bring him hot water, Verochets, Panov, Yodov, Everaglov. And then he would wash his face, his hands, and his feet in honor of Shabbos. Rashi explains that this is based on uh, Kavot Shabbos, as I alluded to. And the Shulchan uh, brings this down in Simon Reish Samach Sif Aleph and quotes that this is a mitzvah to wash panav Yadav Viraglav. Interestingly, the tour, when he quotes this halacha, he adds that actually it's preferable to wash one's entire body. And only if that's not possible, then you should do what Rabbi Hidro did, which was just wash the critical individual uh, body parts. And the Ramah, commenting on the Shulchan uh, echoes the tour that the idea of washing panav Yadav Viraglav is only if you can't fully bathe. Uh, but if you can, take a full bath or a shower, as we would say, then that certainly would be the Lachachila. As I mentioned, and the Mishnah bruer brings this down, this is an uh, element of Kavot Shabbos. This is the way we show that we are uh, honoring Shabbos by washing ourselves and bathing in honor of Shabbos. The Mishnah Brewer adds that it's clear in the context of the Gemara that while this is a mitzvah, of honoring Shabbos, it is not a true chova, uh, like the very same Gemara mentions about Neros Shabbos. that Neros Shabbos are a chova. This is just a mitzvah that it's a absolute kium of cover Shabbos to do. But if for whatever reason a person doesn't do it, you don't actually violate anything. Mishnah Bura also points out that this mitzvah applies to women as well as men. Hard to understand why that's necessary. What would be the Havamina that it wouldn't apply to women? Perhaps, perhaps because this source is the practice of Rabbi Yehuda, maybe one would have had a Havamina that it's referring to men only. But I don't know, you might have also referred, thought it's a Havamina only for uh, Rabbanim, I'm not sure. But uh, either way, just in case one had a Havamina, the Meshavar is clear that this Halacha applies equally to men and to women. Uh, The truth of the matter is that it's, you know, important and interesting to learn the history of the Salacha and see this in the Shulchan Aruch and the tour. But at first glance, it appears somewhat quaint. In our era of indoor plumbing, this seems to be generally a given, of course, that we shower or bathe in honor of Shabbos. But I think that even though for most of us, most of the time, this is kind of an obvious given. But the truth is that there can still be times uh, of difficulty where a person really won't be able to shower uh, two d- extreme examples come to mind, either maybe a doctor who was on call from Friday through Friday night, let's say, or perhaps uh, in Israel uh, we think often in terms of the soldiers, if a person is uh, in the field or otherwise unable to you know, fully shower for Shabbos. So if in one of those kind of situations a person nevertheless does have water in which they can at least wash individual parts of their body, you might think that, well, if I can't bathe, then there's no point. In Kamash Malan, that no, in fact, well, it's not the most l'chachilu way of uh, preparing your body for Shabbos, but nevertheless, even that would be considered a kiyom of the mitzvah. This is actually what Yehudah Rabbi, Rabbi himself did. The Ramah adds that uh, as part of this personal grooming, it's not just washing those body parts that are mentioned in the Gemara, but also uh, washing your hair. And if your hair is long, then even there's a mitzvah to trim uh, your hair in honor of Shabbos. And uh, I imagine that, you know, intuitively, this is the minhag, the source, I should say, for the practice uh, for people, uh, for men to shave on Erev Shabbos. So that, again, the idea of personal grooming and that one looks nice. The Shochnarach uh, actually adds that in addition to washing hair, and we mentioned trimming hair, but you should also cut your nails. And the Shochnarach is very clear, you should cut your nails on Arab Shabbos on Friday. The Mishnah Brura adds that you should not cut them on Thursday, because Thursday, Friday, then Shabbos. By Shabbos, the third day, uh, there's a kind of a tradition that by that point the growth in the nails is noticeable. The growth now that it starts regrowing, and in that case, it won't really be covered Shabbos. You you looked groomed when you first cut them, but by the time you get to Shabbos, already you won't look so groomed. Uh, you won't look so well groomed anymore, and therefore, don't cut your nails on. Thursday, but if you cut them close to Shabbos, so then they will not have started to grow back yet, and it'll look very nice for Shabbos. Fascinatingly, the Taz here quotes uh, also the same idea of the nails taking three days to start growing, but he seems to think that the problem is even worse. Not that because they'll start growing back on Shabbos, it won't look neat anymore, but rather it'll be a form of a serach malacha. You know, it's as if Something's happening and you've triggered a certain kind of growth that would be against the halacha if that occurred on Shabbos. Now, even the Taz thinks that that's not really a halacha, that that's not really a violation, but he's somehow bothered by this. And it's, you know, with all due respect to the Taz it's very, very difficult to understand. And uh, the truth is the Mishnah Brewer really, as I say, brings down just the, the other reason that we mentioned, and the Archa Shulchan, who also feels that this is not about srach Malacha, or uh, anything like that, but rather, is Archa Shulchan is very, very critical of this, and says, uh, he doesn't know what it's talking about, it doesn't make any sense, it's it's just an issue of kavod, that is to say, that the closer you are to Shabbos, uh, the, when you do it on Friday, on Arab Shabbos, then it's more nikar, it's more obvious, that the reason you're doing it is for Shabbos, and therefore, both the, and the Mishnah uh, rule that despite the fact that the Shacharach brings down, you should have to do this on Friday. Nevertheless, That really, you could wrap all of these together, whether it's the nails, the haircutting, or the showering and the bathing. There's an inion of doing these things on Arab Shabbos because that makes it more obvious that you're doing it Shabbos. But if for whatever reason, you... Uh, won't have the time to do that, and you want to do it earlier in the week, uh, then that would be not as preferable, but would still fulfill the responsibility and still be a kium of Kavot Chabas. In this context, in the immediate uh, subsequent si'if, here in Reish Samach, the Shulchan quotes the halacha, which is part of the famous Mishnah, in Masech the Shabbos, in of an Aleph, Shlosh Adam Lomar Arab that the head of the house, the man of the house, in this context, is uh, encouraged to ask and remind his family of three things right before Shabbos. Isartem, um, if there were things that we needed to take miser so that you could properly uh, eat the food now that it's been tithed. Iravtem, if you were making either an Erev Tchumen or an Erev Chatzeros, to remind people make sure that they've done the Erev. And finally, Hidliku uh, Eshaner, reference to Shabbos candles. Rashi points out that the first two are actual questions. Those first two are, you know, did you do Maiser? Did you do the Eruv? Maybe they did it already, so you're just asking to be sure. But the last one, the third one, Hidlak, lo Sheikh, Hidlak, them, the If you see that the candles are lit, you won't have to ask. The other two, you might not be sure if the members of your family or if your wife did it. But, says Rashi, when it comes to the candles, it's if you see they haven't been lit yet, you remind your wife that she should light the candles. In fact, when you see the Shacharach bring down this Mishnah, Shacharach does change the Lashon, that the first two are Yishal La'anshe So you should ask the members of your family. And then in the third one, the Shacharach says, Vayomer Lehem, Hiliku Eshaner. The Magan Avram, commenting on this in the Mishnah Brewer brings this down, adds that these are just examples, but rather it should be applied more broadly to reminding all the family members that the time has come to stop Malacha. The tour notes that in the original example of the Mishnah, as is brought down in Shulchan Aruch, there are examples which seem to be not so practical anymore. So the Torah already notes that when it comes to the question of Isartem, that people, you know, nowadays, you know, people aren't being, uh, separating Meiser in their house, and there are Magkosas as well, and therefore, if it's not remotely practical, you don't have to ask the question. The Mishnah Bruhah adds that when it comes to, for example, the Erev or others mentioned you should ask if challah was taken, this is not the kind of thing that is so practical anymore. And therefore, despite the fact that it's in the Mishnah and the Shulchan Aruch, if it's not relevant, then you don't actually have to ask it. Uh, There's a contemporary sefer of Minhagim called Minhag Yisrael Torah. And commenting here in R. simon, he accepts this fact that so many of the aspects of the Mishnah and the Shulchan Aruch don't seem to be practical. But Hidliku Esaner did you light Shabbos candles, or a reminder to light Shabbos candles? That's obviously as practical now as it was in the time of the Mishnah. And yet he says, at least, he doesn't think that this is so common, that people uh, don't do it. He then quotes in the name of the Minhage Chassam Sofer, that he, on his way to shul, used to say to his wife, Mach Shabbos. And you know, Yiddish, you know, make Shabbos, which I guess he says is perhaps an allusion to all of the different issues. Whatever whatever's included, whatever is relevant, uh, including the Shabbos candles, so, you know, a reminder to make Shabbos would include all of those. Shmir Shabbos Kilchasa in Perak Membet, towards the end, in Seif Samachbet, definitely says that even nowadays we should, you know, remind uh, our wives uh, to light the Shabbos candles if you see they have not been lit yet, and all the members of the family should be reminded to stop uh, violating or doing any malacha as uh, it's time to uh, make and accept Shabbos. And he says, We learn from this basic idea that Yishal al davar Asur al Asoso ba A person should ask or remind the, the members of the family about all the different things that could be uh, an issue on Shabbos. So, you know, applied nowadays, you know, we wouldn't do necessarily a, a ravtem or a sartem, but it certainly makes sense to, you know, remind uh, children or other members of the family have you turned off your phones or your other devices? Uh, is the Shabbos clock set? Did the, the air conditioner, the heater, was it taken care of? You know, as it gets time for Shabbos, as a person goes out to shul, this is considered part of the responsibility of the head of a house. Uh, It is very important to stress that the Gemara itself already, when it quotes this idea, adds "tzarch le'mimrinu benichusa, kalhecha de kablinhu minei." That a person should say these things, make these reminders, these questions, in a very soft and kind voice. When the Shacharach brings us down, he translates that into Loshon raka, a soft, soft voice. And the mishnah here in Sifkatan Yud says that you should realize that there's a there's a general, you know, admonition not to chas shalom instill ema yaseira any extra fear or nervousness in one's house, even if you're doing it for the best of reasons to make sure that everyone's keeping Shabbos carefully. Because says the mishnah by instilling and imbuing your house with that kind of yira. Uh, that type of unhealthy fear will lead to other chiloshab, even more chiloshabas, and other problems. He doesn't say this, but I would add Shalom bias, whether it's your relationship with your spouse, relationship with your children. And I think that aside from the general parenting slash uh, marriage advice, that it's a good idea not to be uh, screaming too much uh, about religious issues or anything else. I think it's, quite insightful of Chazal, that it's very, very natural, and I assume it's true in many, many homes, that in those last minutes before Shabbos, especially on the winter where it's such a short day, it's very natural that there's a lot of pressure to get everything done and to make sure things haven't been forgotten. And it's often the case that that in those last moments with the pressure, there could be a certain short fuse and a certain tension, and people, I think, who even otherwise might be more calm are perhaps more apt to raise their voice, even for good things, like making sure the house is ready for Shabbos. And therefore, the Mishnabura, you know, commenting more broadly off of the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch, are stressing to us, and again, it really goes back to the Gemara itself, to Chazal, about how important it is that even for something good and important and noble, like preparing for Shabbos and make sure that things haven't been forgotten, but we can't lose sight of the fact that that doesn't you know, allow us to lose our temper or to create undue stress or angst among our family members, even though we may have the best of intentions. Even for the good things like this, we have to be very careful how we speak. Okay, that is all uh, this first issue uh, in terms of personal grooming. A second issue worth mentioning is the mitzvah to launder clothing and to prepare oneself in terms of one's clothing uh, for Shabbos. So the Gemara Babakama Kama, Daph Beis, tells one of the Takonos of Ezra HaSofer, was to do laundry on Thursday. And Rashi there adds that this is done for Kavod Shabbos. Shacharach brings this down, in and, and Shacharach brings this down, not only the the idea of laundry on Thursday, but also that it's explicitly, that it's for Kavod Shabbos. What type of clothing must be laundered as part of this Takana of Ezra? So uh, some of the contemporary posts can point out, you know, that in, our, um, fortunately, in our affluent society, people have different types of clothing. We have certain kinds of clothing like undergarments or maybe some shirts which or socks which uh, get dirty regularly and usually are worn once and then washed. Now we have other things like suit jackets or blouses perhaps which people could wear many times in between laundering. So R. ben Abba Shaul and Scheinberg and some other more recent scheme point out that applying this Takana of Ezra in the modern context, would be limited to the clothing that gets dirty regularly. So those types of things you should launder in each week and make sure you have them for Shabbos, as opposed to your Shabbos suit or dress or blouse or something like that, where you may have not have laundered it, but if you're going to be willing to wear it anyway because it's not really dirty, it doesn't get dirty each time you wear it, then that would be fine. The Achronim have a very, very interesting debate about how to understand the nature of this particular Takana of Ezra. The Magan Avram has a great Chiddush, and he says that the Ikra Takana is not to do laundry, despite the fact that that's kind of the way it seems like in the Gemara. Says the Magan Avram, that's not the Takana. We don't need a Takana for that. Obviously, if you need clean clothing, you'll do laundry. Ezra didn't need to make a Takana for that. The Takana is not to do laundry. Rather, the real Takana of Ezra was not to do laundry on Erev Shabbos, on Yomashishi, but rather specifically to do it earlier in the week, to do it on Yom Chamishi, to do it on Thursday. And the real Takana was to make sure you do something time-consuming like laundry on Thursday, so that Erev Shabbos, you'll have time and free freedom to do all the other things that are necessary, that must be done in closer proximity to Shabbos itself. So according to the Magen of Ram, the real Icar Takana is not doing it on Yom, Chameshi, on Yom Shishi, on Erev Shabbos. However, the Shar Zion. Uh, quote from other Achronim, particularly the Eliyahu who disagrees, and he thinks that that Iker Takana was, as the simple reading of the Gemara, I would say, is to do laundry dafka uh, on, Sha- on uh, Yom Chamishi on uh, Thursday. That is the Takana. So, that, and of course, the goal is that you should have nice, clean clothes for Shabbos. Why did Ezra make a Takana to dafka do it on Thursday? So says the El Yiraba. That was just the mitzvah, and it's practical because in order for clothing to be fully washed and dried and ready to wear, there's just not enough time to do that on Friday. And therefore the Takana was to do it on Thursday, but not because there's some inherent need to avoid uh, Yom Shishi, Arab Shabbos, but rather just to make sure that the process of cleaning, laundering, and drying the clothing could take place in time to be worn on Shabbos. And the Yeraba continues, and others including the Kaf HaChayim agree, that Lafizah, according to this, there is no problem to do laundry earlier in the week because the Iker Takana is the result, just to have clean clothes. So Ezra said, do it on Yom do it on Thursday. But if you can do it some other time, then that would be just as good. There's no problem with that. Earlier in the week is not a problem at all. Orbach As quoted in the Shemir Shabbat's is saying that this understanding of most achronim uh, really parallel Shammai, who earlier in the week, as we saw in one of our previous shurim, that when it came to the food early in the week, he would set aside food, and if he didn't find anything better, the food that he found and set aside earlier in the week would be what he would eventually eat on Shabbos. So too, uh, we're understanding that the idea is, you shouldn't wait till the last minute, but at any time in the week, as long as you've laundered and make sure you have clothes for Shabbos, that is technically a fulfillment to of this takana of Ezra. Uh, some of the posts can discuss what if uh, certain scenarios where you're you know you're running late and you're tight on time. So for example, Orlitzion or Benzion Abba Shaul says, what about Thursday night? Is that, a re- is that okay? Or did you miss the window since technically that's very really considered Erev Shabbos? So it says the Orlitzion Thursday night is really okay according to everyone as that you will have time for Friday for for other things. And yeah, in other posts like the Kaf Chaim say, and in the case of Onus, uh, you can even do it on Erev Shabbos. We assume, unlike the Magnav Ram, that there is no Takana that Forbids you doing it on on Arab uh, Shabbos. The real issue is to do it in advance to make sure you have the clothing for Shabbos. And practically speaking, better not to wait till Arab Shabbos. But if for whatever reason you had to Thursday night, even Friday, if that's what had to be done, then that would be that would be okay. The Shabbos, In a footnote here, footnote thirteen in Parak uh, Membet, he raises the you know I think obvious but very important and critical question. You no. Know, does any of this really relate to nowadays? You know, I've kind of just been assuming, I think with good reason, uh, but I've mentioned it already once or twice, incidentally, that the issue here is how long laundry took. And it's, of course, in the ancient world, in the time of the uh, of Ezra, let alone the Mishnah, the Gemara, even Shulchan Aruch, until very modern, recent times, uh, laundry and clothing could take a lot of time. So, Says the Shabbos, He wonders, nowadays where Baruch Hashem, most people have their own washing machine and dryer in their house, and certainly a washing machine, uh, Is this halal, would this still apply? Would it really still apply that you have to do all these things earlier when the truth is that nowadays you can easily do all the laundry and drying the clothing on an Arab Shabbos, and it won't even impact, uh, for the most part, your other Shabbos, Arab Shabbos, Shabbos preparations. So Shri Shabbos says that, even though this has the status of a formal takana, he doesn't think that the usual concerns of Dabr uh, would apply. That is to say, that we often say that even though technically some the reason doesn't apply, but if something has the formal status of like, a or takana, so then even though butla l'taima, lo butla l'ta lo but l'ta, you know, the uh, takana, it doesn't matter if the reason doesn't apply, we would still have to follow it unless you have a... Bezdin, that's goldenbamin, uh, you have a Bezdin that is greater greater in their wisdom and in their influence, then they can make a new takana or undo that Takana, but not to just ignore it on your own because you don't think it makes sense. So says Shimir Shahasa, this idea known as Davr Shabaminion, he does not think it applies here. He does not think so because he says he thinks that the, the reason uh, of making the takana that it's done just to make sure you have free time on Arab Shabbos to prepare for other things, like prepare the meal. He thinks that that reason was built into the takana itself. And when the reason is built into the takana, then a person has a right to uh, ignore it when the reason doesn't apply. If the takana was legislated independent of the reason, then when the reason doesn't apply, we're still stuck with it. But if the reason was legislated and integrated into the takana itself, so then once the reason doesn't apply, that Takano wouldn't apply either. That seems to be the approach <coughs> of the Shmir Shabuz Chalchasa. However, not everybody agrees, and it is worth noting, there's a fascinating letter written by Rav Menashe Klein, the Ungvar Rav, the Baal Mishnah Halachos. Uh, I'm not sure, as far as I'm aware, I'm not sure that this letter, this tshuva, appears in his own published writings, but it is in the back of the well-known, popular, contemporary sefer, Piskei Tshuvos, the volume on Hilchos Shabbos, the multi-volume set, piske Chuvos, in the volume on Hilchos Shabbos, in the back, he has a letter from Rav Menashe Klein, and he is very Mahmer and thinks that nowadays this halacha would still apply, and in Midin the Xera Takana of Ezra, it is ushered to do laundry on Arab Shabbos, and he has a number of reasons, but uh, seems to be his main reason, or one of his main reasons is, he does think that this is a Dabr problem, and therefore even if the reason wouldn't apply, he thinks formally we are just obligated to keep it. Shabbos Kolchasa brings down the name of Moshe Feinstein that he seemed to be more persuaded that there is no technical problem, there is no Darach problem, and yet, and yet, Shlomo Zalman was still not, he did not take the idea of just uh, randomly or for no good reason doing laundry on Shabbos. He did not think that that was a small thing. Even though technically it might be mutter, Shlomo Zalman still preferred that one does not do laundry on Arab Shabbos, but rather should do do it on Thursday or earlier in the week. And he, I think, uh, as I understand it correctly, I think he had two main concerns. One is that, as I kind of alluded to earlier, something could always come up. You never know. You could get tight for time. Something could distract you. You could have a crisis, an emergency. You never know. There could always be something that comes up. Don't wait till the last minute. Okay, that's a very practical concern. Uh, a more lumbar concern, which is really fascinating is also suggested by Shlomo Zaman. He says, generally speaking, people don't do laundry and then wear the clothing, or they take, put it in the washing machine in the dryer, they take it right out and wear it. You know, typically in modern era, uh, because of the convenience of uh, our washing machines and dryers, you do a big bulk of clothing and then you put it in the drawer in the closet until whenever you're going to need it. But you don't typically do it for immediate use. Instead of Shlomo Zaman, if someone were to see you doing laundry on Arab Shabbos, They wouldn't realize, they wouldn't think you're doing it for clothing that's necessary for Shabbos. They would think it's stam. this is what you're doing for some clothing you're going to do later in the week. and Therefore, it's not nikar, it's not clear and obvious from your action that you're doing it for Shabbos, and that is a little bit of a chisar in the kovach Shabbos. And therefore, so the it would be better to do it earlier in the week, and then it would be more obvious that you're doing something in honor and preparation for Shabbos. It's really just a fascinating he'ara that Shalazam is clearly assuming that it's not just the result of clean clothes, but at least on the level of L'chachilo or hider, the right act of laundry should be clear for Shabbos. Right? We would have thought, and what we have been assuming, is having the clean clothing, having the nice clothing, is an act of Kabbalah Shabbos. Shalom Zaman, I think, for sure agrees to that. But he goes further, and seems to be saying that the act of making those clean clothing, the act of laundering them, should be done in a way in which it's obvious that the act itself is being done, lachavod Shabbos. So it seems to me clear that while L'chachilo, one shouldn't wait, uh, but if necessary, or just the way things work out, then Mikar Adin, uh, you know, our modern technology and the affluence that we live in, uh, probably does, Mikar make the halacha technically moot. Uh, and then it's just a question of preference, and there is a certain preference to not wait to the last minute, but if one had to, one could. What about the clothing itself? So we have been assuming... That there is a mitzvah to have nice clean clothing on Shabbos. And in fact, this is explicitly co- quoted in the Gemara and Mesechla Shabbos, Kofi Gimel and Aleph, based on the Possach Yinishayahu Perak Nunchet, Bechibarato Ma'asostar Achecha, and the Gemara Darshans on that Possach, Shaloyehe Malbushcha Shal Shabbos, Kmalbushcha Shal Hol. You should have special uh, clothing uh, on Shabbos. And when the Shacharach brings this down in some Reish Samach Bet, he says, Yishhtadel Shyubigodim Noim Lashabbos. It seems obvious, but the Shulchan Aruch makes it explicit that we don't just think you should have you know, unique clothing for Shabbos, but the unique clothing should be less formal or less nice than your Shabbos clothing. Uh, on the contrary, the clothing that you wear on Shabbos is not only special for Shabbos, but it should be very nice clothing. Bugadim Noim. And this is a form of honoring Shabbos, of Kabbat Shabbos. That seems to be the simple understanding of the Gemara and of the Shulchan Aruch here. Interestingly, uh, later, about 50 Simanim si- later, the Ramans, when Shinalif, uh, su- suggests that perhaps there's a, a second or additional reason, a uh, phenomenon, and he says you should have at least one. Even if a person will be poor or doesn't have the ability to have a full uh, wardrobe for Shabbos, nevertheless they should have at least one item of clothing that's special for Shabbos, because that will, even though you don't, you know, really look so nice, but so even so, it'll still be worthwhile, because even the one garment will serve as a constant reminder that a Shabbos and you will accidentally perform. And the Orchos Chaim seems to emphasize this. So that seems to be a second issue, not just for covered Shabbos, but as a reminder not to do Malacha. Having those special clothing on, if you always associate in your mind the clothing with Shabbos, you're less likely to violate Shabbos, even by accident, because you'll be reminded that you have your Shabbos clothing on at Shabbos. A third, perhaps, uh, of the um, union of wearing Shabbos clothing perhaps can be found back in the Shulchan Aruch, uh, but not in the S'if we originally read, which was Sif Bet, Yishtadosh but in the very next um, S'if, Sif Gimel, Shulchan Aruch says, Yilbash B'gadim HaNaim, Yismach Shabbos. Put on your nice clothing and be happy and excited that Shabbos is coming. And I would suggest, this is the way I read the Shulchan Aruch at least, that he is alluding to or, you know, hinting at pretty clearly a connection between the way we are dressed and our emotional state, right? For most people, when they get dressed up, they're in a good mood, right? When you get dressed up, there's an association with the clothing. You get dressed up, you know you're going to a simcha, you know you're going to a wedding, you're going to a party, something fancy affair. A person gets in a good mood. They're excited about going to this special occasion. So I think the Shulchan is tapping into that. Yilbash begadav hanaim, v'yismach yismach be By putting on special clothing and having nice clothing for Shabbos, so that will also help a person have a proper and happier experience of Shabbos which I perhaps uh, is a form of Oneg Shabbos. So really, I think it could come out that there's three different reasons which are not mutually exclusive. They're, I think they're all true. Three different kiumim that uh, we should be aware of, uh, just in the very act which we take for granted, I think nowadays, of wearing special clothing for Shabbos, there could be three different kiumim. It shows an honor and respect for Shabbos, kavod. It reminds us uh, to be more careful and vigilant not to violate Malacha. And if it puts us in a good mood, then it would also be a kiyum of Oneg Shabbos. The uh points out in Sifkat and Vav here that the definition of nice clothing is obviously relative based on a person's means. And if you can't afford the fanciest clothing, but you do whatever you can afford, what's best for you, that would be a fulfillment of the halacha, of having special clothing for Shabbos. And I think it's already alluded to in the Shulchan Arach himself when he says, Yishtadel begadim naim. Do your best, Yishtadel, whatever you can afford your best, that is what would be considered appropriate. I think the larger point is not just about economic, uh, you know, floating subject of scale, that for the wealthier person, nicer clothing are demanded, and for someone with more modest means, then the B'gadim Naim could take a more modest uh, form. But it's more than that, I would say, that it's also clear, I think, from this this, Mishneh Bura, that the broader point of that B'gadim Naim are not defined objectively, and just like financial, you know, different financial levels can impact the definition of what's considered nice clothing, I think it's clear that it all depends on time and place as well. What would be considered begot im naim in one time might not be considered a different time, or even at the same time, but in different areas of the world. Every culture is different, and therefore, based on your time and place, that would be the definition of begot naim. This comes up a lot uh, when people, you know, often want to wear the more casual clothing or wonder in Eretz in in the, uh, the Dati Lumi community very often let's say for men they don't wear a suit and tie whereas the same person if they lived in America might have worn a suit and tie just to take a kind of obvious example and um, I have been often asked this question and uh, my general rule of thumb I believe uh, is which is I'm convinced is more or less correct the example that I'll give maybe you could quibble with but I think the basic point is true and I personally think it's a good rule of thumb, is I tell people you have to just ask yourself an honest question and more importantly, give yourself an honest answer. How would you dress to a wedding in your time and place, in your culture? If a person you know, would not necessarily put on a suit and tie, for example, but that's how they go to weddings in this, in this culture, that's, that is considered uh, dress clothing. Then it seems to me, without any problem, a person could wear that for Shabbos. But if you, know, you typically would dress up nicer to go to bar mitzvah, dress up nicer to go to a wedding... But, you know, for that, you'd wear a suit and tie. Again, using this just as an example. <coughs> Excuse me. But on Shabbos, you wear something less. So then, to me, I think that's clearly a mistake. That we shouldn't have nicer clothing that we reserve for parties and things like that. But Shabbos is something more casual. Shabbos should be the high point of this. And the way we honor Shabbos, just like we have a chush of a guest, we get dressed up. Well, we have the Shabbos queen as a important guest every Shabbos. And we should dress up in her honor. And also, again, to have a oneg Shabbos and to remind us of not doing malacha. The brua quotes from the Arizal uh, that s- implies that everything, perhaps even one's undergarments, should be reserved and unique and special for Shabbos, not just the outer clothing like a dress or a skirt or a jacket and tie. The Maisarav, which is a collection of the Vilna Gones practices, also records that the Vilna Gaon seems to have been very very machmir on this. They bring down Binyan big day Min minhago, the practice of the Vilna Gaon was rosh ba'al shlo He didn't leave one thing unchanged. Shukhanar, the Gaon changed everything for Shabbos. Uh, the Berhteif quotes something very interesting from the Arizal, a minug to wear white clothing, and he doesn't just mean a white shirt, he means that all one's clothing should be white. Sometimes you see this in Sfat or the Kotel, you see someone show up completely in white. So you should know uh, that's coming from this idea of the Arizal. Bir Halacha adds that uh, it's not, not that wouldn't necessarily be a hidr if people will look at you kind of funny, that it'll look like you're trying to show off. It's yuhara. It's a very, very hard uh, question to answer. You know, no one is suggesting, I don't think, that everyone in a given community or a shul or neighborhood, everyone has to dress exactly the same. At the same time, there could be something that's so out of the mainstream that would look like a person is not just weird, but kind of showing off, that they're more special, more different, more from. And the Bera is saying that would be a bad thing. So hard to give a clear answer in a d- definitive line when that is and when that isn't a problem, but at least something that a person should consider. M- Magan Avram uh, mentions, and the Mishnah Brewer brings this down in this context, that uh, the Minag is to have a special talus for Shabbos. That would be a kium as well. The uh, Sefer that I mentioned before, Menech Yisrael Torah, quotes from Reb Tzedakah Kohen, for those for whom it's relevant, uh, who wear a hat. So if you wear a hat during the week, then you should have a special hat uh, for Shabbos. Okay, well, one last point when it comes to clothing in fascinating discussion in the Achronim is whether this applies to shoes or not. Do you have to have special shoes for Shabbos? And amazingly, a big part of the debate hinges on one word, in Yerushalmi in Mesech HaShabbos, Vav, where there seems to be a machlokas between the two classical commentaries on Yerushalmi, the Pnei Moshe, and the Karbana Eda, and it all comes down to this technical question of are na'alayim, our shoes, is a na'al, bichlal malbush or not? Is it considered a form of clothing, or is shoes something different? I mentioned that the, the Gemara said in Daf uh, Kofi Gimel, malbush k'malbush The Gemara seems to make it about Malbush, about clothing. And then the question is, well, are shoes a form of clothing or are they something separate? The Ketzos HaSholchan of Avram Chaim Noah brings down a letter from the Raghachavur Gon, the famed Raghachavur, uh, Rav Yosef Rosen, where he assumes that shoes are not considered a Malbush and therefore he thinks there's no need for special Shabbos shoes. The Chuvas Rav Pa'alim in Chelek Dalet, that's Rav Yosef Chaim of Baghdad, very famous as the author of the Beni Shchai, so in his Chuvas Rav Pa'alim, He also is lenient and does not require special Shabbos shoes. And he has the following he'ara, that in our daily morning brachos, we have a separate bracha for Malbush arumim and a separate bracha for Aserli Kol One is for clothing, and then there's a separate one just for shoes, Aserli Kol We even have shoes to wear. So you see, says Rav Poalim, that shoes are not considered part of Malbush, therefore they get a separate bracha. On the other hand, some have suggested from the Vilna to Davka Bimachmir, as we mentioned before in the Ma'ase Rav, it says that the Vilna changed every garment mikafaregel, vadrosh. Sounds like even his shoes, the um, Vilna Gaon changed. The Kafachaim and more recently Rav Gedalia Felder's Atzal, the great Talmud Chacham and Posek from Toronto, and his Sfarim Yusodi Yashurin, both mention that while it's hard to definitively say unequivocally, there is a chiv, but at least a person should try to be machmir, to have separate shoes for Shabbos. And if for whatever reason they don't have or they can't afford that, then at the very least they should at least shine their shoes especially in honor for Shabbos. Uh, my personal view is uh, that with all due respect, I think this seems to be a little bit too narrow and too technical of a conversation. Bechlau lo To me, I would think that it's more of a broader question, which is gets back to the same thing I mentioned a few minutes ago. Would you wear these shoes... If you're going out to a wedding, if you're going to a bar mitzvah, if you're getting all dressed up, would you still wear these shoes? If the answer to that question is yes, then I would say technically there's nothing wrong with it. But if you never would do that, if it, uh, so to speak, compromises the dignity or the formality of the outfit, uh, the shoes just don't go. It's really, you know, casual shoes and it's noticeable and really is going to impact the, the the way people would perceive your, cl- your clothing, the way you're presenting yourself. And Haraya, you wouldn't have worn this if you were going to a nice affair, a nice wedding. So then I would say it's also clearly not appropriate for Shabbos as well. You know Whether it's technically Malbush or not, I just personally would look at it more holistically. Does this fit with the hopefully nice outfit that you're wearing? And if the answer to that is yes, and you wouldn't even, you know, litmus test you'd even wear it to a fancy affair, then by all means, even on Shabbos. But if it's something that you wouldn't because it's too casual and it would kind of... Uh, take away the look, the more dignified, formal look that the rest of your clothing are conveying, then I think that would be a problem. Okay, Emir uh, Hashem, next shir we will move on to the topic of accepting Shabbos and making early Shabbos, the idea of Tosefes. And with this we have concluded all of our sh- various shurim on the different aspects of hachanal Shabbos, all the things starting at the beginning of the week going all the way until uh, Friday afternoon, Arab Shabbos, that we're obligated to do in various ways to prepare ourselves for the Kovod and Oneg and Shabbos experience.